Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 177th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, uh, and we're here talking about your uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats. The, that's all that's left. That's what's now. They've taken over Toronto. Uh, yeah, this is these are the dog days. The Blue Jays right now, as we speak, I, you could probably hear it. I need to mute my TV, frankly. Uh, they're playing a game against the Kansas City Royals, who are the worst, second worst team in the American League, and a game that was delayed by two hours. They don't get any dog dayinger than this. Uh, uh, and joining me to talk about the dog days, about the Kansas City Royals, about the Toronto Blue Jays, about the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. It is the uh, the star of Dog Day Afternoon himself, uh, uh, Old Reliable. Yeah, uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Mr. Andrew Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? <laughs> I, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, Dog Day Afternoon, what a film. Also, speaking of dogs... A terrific film. A terrific, terrific um, film. I, I am. I, I, I think it was Matt, uh, Matt English who tweeted <laughs> this morning. Like, I'm still thinking about how uh, on the broadcast last night, Buck Martinez didn't know that Pat Tabler has a dog, which is just it, just astounding that they could know. You know, they could sit so close to each other for so long. Their job, as he said in the tweet, is to talk to each other. Had no idea that uh, that he has a dog. I think the essence of Pat Tabler is to not know Pat Tabler. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and I don't mean that to disparage him. Eh. He is he is um he is a neutral force in the broadcast booth. <laughs> when he's there, he says things that sometimes you hear and pay attention and are and maybe learn things from what he says. When he's not there, you don't necessarily miss him, especially if he's not there because Dan Schulman, for example, is sitting in the chair beside Buck Martinez. That is a value add. I don't know that Pat Tabler necessarily is that. And 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 you know what? I, this isn't just me like nitpicking and complaining about about broadcasters because I'm not necessarily complaining about Pat Tabler. I mentioned the Blue Jays are playing against the Kansas City Royals this week. Both Buck Martinez and Pat Tabler are former members of the Kansas City Royals, mm-hmm. and bless their hearts because there's nothing else for them to celebrate. The Royals, uh, I think it was uh, maybe not last night, maybe not Wednesday, but it might have been Tuesday. I'm not sure. They they celebrated them. They put them up on the jumbotron and they or on the broadcast, and they took a shot of the booth, and they were like, "Here's Buck Martinez, who played for the Royals in like he played for the Royals in the, in the yeah. '60s, I believe, and into the '70s." <laughs> yeah. And then they said, "And here's Pat Tabler. He played for he he played for uh, for here for your Royals in in the, in the early 1980s." Uh, but it said Pat Tabler, and then underneath it said catcher. Awesome oh, that, yeah. Which to me is, and I, and I talked about this with uh, with on online with uh, Guy Spurrier, the sports editor of the National Post, because it was killing me. Because so they so they made the mistake that Pat, obviously Pat Tabler was never a catcher. He played uh, some right field when he was younger, and uh, Blue Jays fans probably remember him playing uh, first base, or oh, and or mostly being a designated or a pinch hitter and hitting with the, the bases loaded. Yes, his claim to fame. Yes, of course. It. Pat Tabler. Um, was not a catcher to the point that on numerous occasions this season alone, Pat Tabler has expressed out loud his shock and amazement that anybody could ever be a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see somebody get like, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, Russell Martin took a took a pretty good bop there," and he's and there'll be two beats, and then Pat Tabler being like, "I don't know how you guys do it," and then. <laughs> And then he goes on, and I swear he's told this story at least twice this year. He's been like, I remember he went down, like basically he went down and caught a bullpen because he just was a big leaguer and he sauntered in there, being like, 
his catcher shit. And he caught a bullpen and was convinced he was going to die the entire time. And so for that reason alone, when they were like, here's Pat Tabler, catcher, I was crying. I was laughing so hard because he's not a catcher. No. No, he's not. But he, but he does have a 500. He, he did retire. Pat. Oh, yeah. He's Pat Tabler. Yeah. With his, he's uh, a lovely man. He's, he's very nice to talk to. Um, talk to. Maybe I didn't learn about his dog, and, and, and Buck didn't either. They're kind of talking I mean, past think... each other anyway most of the time, I find. Oh, they're not talking, they're broadcasting. I guess so. They're telling stories, they're mass communicating. But, uh, yeah, like, they spend enough time together, I don't think they really need to, and they hear the sound of each other's voice. I think that to the end, if anything, that's why they they wouldn't talk. Like, I hear your goddamn voice in my ear all summer long. I don't want to talk to you on the plane. It's also... <laughs> I, but I, so I just picture them, you know, the the game's over, the mics go off, just wordlessly taking the, you know, exiting the booth, not just not saying a goddamn thing to each other. Uh, I don't, I don't doubt me. that. I mean, just... Me. But they're also, they're also like men in their 70s? 60s? It's like 60s, I would say, yeah, probably, yeah, probably 60s, late 60s. I don't think they do a lot of sharing uh, at the best of times. I mean, that's <laughs> that's one thing I found when I will go and like reconnect with an old friend. I saw, so I went to the Blue Jays game on Saturday. I saw one of my oldest friends. He, it was his birthday. And then my wife was like peppering me with questions like, oh, what's up with this? What's up with that? I'm like, I don't know. We don't talk about those things. I don't ask him questions about his life. We talk about like literally what's in front of us. I don't know. He, does he have a dog? I don't even know. So I am I am the buck. To his tabby, I don't know that he has if he has a dog or not. I, I, I'm going to assume. I assume you don't have hmm? a dog. I don't think you have a dog. I don't have a dog. We do have a cat. I don't know if I knew that. We, ha- we have a. It's, it's a more of a recent <laughs> addition to the clan here. I know you have children. Yeah. Do have do do two of those yeah. two children? Uh, they like the cat. I don't mind the cat. Whatever. Speaking of the cat, look what the cat dragged in. Danny Jansen. Oh. As you know, that's not true. Danny Jansen um, deserves a lot of credit, I think. He was not a, the kind of guy who was on a lot of top 100 prospect lists. No. He wasn't a guy who anybody knew until, well, maybe not anybody, myself. Didn't know anything about him until you know, last year when all of a sudden there's Danny Jansen with like a 390 OBP and kind of, uh, you know, all, was he was a catch-and-throw guy, was he not? That was his, his kind of calling card, and now suddenly he can hit all the time. Yeah, I think so. I don't even know what his calling card necessarily was before then, but yeah, he, uh, the the glasses story, the classic the classic baseball narrative, the J.P. Uh, Aaron Sibia story, uh, got new glasses, then could see the ball, and, and it turns out he, uh, I, it's probably more, there's more to it than that. Uh, the Jays seem mm-hmm. to do uh, a nice job of uh, of maximizing what guys could get out of the tweaks they make in their approach and everything, but yeah, just started walking all over the place. Uh, already had, I think, good, you know, decent contact skills, uh, but adding the walks to his game and a little bit of pop, and it, it doesn't take a lot of offense to look like a, a big league uh, everyday catcher, best catcher in the American League East. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is that you're not so, uh, soaring over the highest imaginable bar, although uh, that's not true. <laughs> but we'll see. 
Um, but now he's a big leaguer, is, is what you've just said. Is that after all this and after uh, what is he? Twenty six. He's not. He's hardly. He's hardly a, a, a spring chicken. But is he he's that still old? obviously. Well, that's prospectal for me. The way the game is going now, if you're older than twenty three, you're like a no. Like that's not young. Oh, he's just twenty four years old. Like no, he's old. He's been around. He's been on those buses. He's been a professional. He's made checks. He's got bank accounts. Like, I want young guys or guys that come up that don't know how to write a check. I don't know. He, he is 23. He turned 23 four Danny Jansen's only 23? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was older than that. Well, shut my mouth. All right. Danny Jansen, prospect. Bring him up. Right. And he, he doesn't look out of place. He's swinging the night. He's, he uh, hit a home run. He, he's hit the ball hard. Um, and, you know, obviously, it, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the... Framing metrics, for example, as they start to roll in, I don't know how um, long it takes for them to normalize in these uh, with or without you advanced uh, probabilistic modeling world. But um, it's exciting. It's it's a it's a it's a, a a a exciting player at a non-exciting position given its attrition rate. So uh, you could do a lot worse, right? Yeah. No, I, I think. Uh... Like you said, yeah, it's not exciting. It's hard to like. It's hard to jump up and down for you know a catcher who's just dutifully going out there and being reliable behind the plate and giving mm-hmm. you a little bit with the bat. Like it's just it's not sexy, but uh, but that's huge. That's uh, you know look at what the uh, even just trying to find backups for Russell Martin or trying to find before Martin got here trying to find catching depth. Like it's not easy to find someone who can hit a little bit and reliably play that position so yeah no, literally no catchers are good <laughs> pretty much pretty close to while it. you were speaking now i'm trying to think of like who is a really good catcher and buster posey of course is a really good catcher if buster posey has five extra base hits this year i'll be shocked <laughs> right like buster posey's probably going to finish the year with a higher obp than slugging percentage uh, and he's like a hall of famer yeah. And, you know, Russ, Sal, Sal Perez was is playing in this game tonight. He's got a bunch of home runs that he didn't used to hit. His on-base percentage is like 280. Like, he's bad. They're all bad. Yeah. Matt Wieters. The, so, remember Matt Wieters was like the, the, he's the, there was those shirts, like the, he's the best thing since sliced bread or he's yeah. this and that. Yeah. And they're comparing him to Johnny Bench. He basically is Johnny Bench in that he's still playing eight <laughs> years later. Yeah. Whenever there was all the trade rumors about J, JT Real Muto, and I'm like, he sucks. But he doesn't because he's good enough to be the best catcher on the market or in the National League. Like, who's really good? Yadi Molina somehow is Dave Duncan's magical steroid island, just keeping him coursing, <laughs> coursing through his veins. Yeah. He's like Bane in an old Batman thing, like straws <laughs> and hoses sticking out of him. But, yeah, I mean, well, it's because they find, you know, if you have a bat that can play anywhere, they're like, well, mm-hmm. we don't want you to get fucking destroyed behind the plate constantly. Well, that, that bat's more valuable elsewhere. Uh, I can't and, even... And I think, that, I think that's a huge part of it. I, I think it's... I don't think most of us are casual baseball fans in general, people who aren't down there doing that insanely difficult job will can appreciate just how much it takes out of you. Like if you, if I catch a pitch that's thrown like 65 or 70 miles an hour, if I catch it wrong, 
my hand is I'm like, well, this is this is awful. I'm gonna have to learn how to write with my other hand now. Right. Everything everything stops. And these guys are catching like 300 pitches a night. It's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna beat you down. Like like I said, look at poor Buster Posey, who was never a power hitter, but he has no power now. Joe Mauer hasn't been a catcher for like what five four years. He's got no power left either. It kills your legs, kills your hand, it kills your knees, it kills your everything. So uh, let's enjoy Danny Jansen while he's still alive. Uh, <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, so, and I think it also is a suggestion that, like, look at what Russell Martin is capable of doing. Look at what he's done in his career. Look at what he's done over the balance of his contract. Look what he's even still doing now. He plays a very tidy third base. <laughs> For a 35-year-old catcher, he looks like fucking Brooks Robinson over there. And I'm happy to have him do it. People are going to scoff at, like, oh, you know, overpriced utility man. Undervalued utility man is what there Russell you go. Martin is today. Bless him over there. And he's hitting the heat, and he's getting on base again. And he's hitting, and he's, he drew his walks all year, but now he's actually putting the ball in play with positive results. Everything's coming. It's great. The Blue Jays are in there with a shout. He's, uh, right? yeah, his, his weighted runs created plus is 99. It was 100 last year and 100 the year before, which seems bizarre because it feels like he's kind of been shitty. But, um, but yeah, it's come around a lot uh, uh, lately. And like you say, he's been taking the walks uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. And the contract thing, you know, I know we know this, and most people listening know it. But but you know, it, it I see it on Twitter, and it drives me nuts. The people who complain, oh, twenty million dollars. It's like, well, they didn't sign him. They didn't give him twenty million dollars yesterday. They did it fucking four years ago when he was good to to make sure he was there when they needed a catcher when they were good. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that mentality of griping about uh, a player who's been. As we said, a, a position that's not super glamorous uh, and is extremely demanding and has been really, really fucking good for the Jays over the last few years. And he's still a terrific really, 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 really fucking good as maybe a stretch. Okay, I'll admit. But yeah, I mean, I, I am as guilty as anyone as, <laughs> of uh, Russell Martin hyperbole, just yeah. like throwing him out there and 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 taking incredible personal offense when people don't um, love the contract when they when they when they scoff at the deal and. Saying it was a mistake today, it was signed. I've I've debated a few people. Uh, One guy in particular, I don't remember who he is, but he just has been dead set against it. Um, but I he still is a very good defensive catcher too. The numbers, baseball prospectus, his numbers in particular, um, really look highly at his uh, at his all around game. So that includes the fact that maybe he doesn't throw it, throw guys out like he used to. Um, but uh, you know, with blocking and throwing and 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 obviously framing. Um, he's still great. He's still, and which, it's, which isn't, it's not as a, as a catcher that there's not a given that those skills hang on. They're not as sticky as some of the others because, because it is so demanding of your body to, to maintain those skills. You need, there's so much strength, hand strength, I don't know, you know, forearm, just be ability to, to, to have that stability to, to frame up those pitchers and, Jonathan Lucro is the example that I think everyone will always look to as a, he was really yeah, highly yeah. regarded and then he just sort of fell off the map and he's just not good at it anymore. Which, I mean, I'm sure Oakland A's fans would argue. I saw a bunch of them arguing with uh, with Mike from from the StatCast podcast. He was saying that the A's should have gone out and got Wilson Ramos because he's really good. And uh, they're like, we got Lucroy, we don't need him, which is uh, wrong, <laughs> which is wrong and false. But yes, um, it is. of course, Danny Jansen came up, made his big league debut um, 
catching for another uh, young man, prospect, guy who did, in fact, have a lot of um, prospect cachet and, and almost seemed like at, at times he was getting by on that alone. Um, but now they're both big leaguers. Sean Reed Foley, of course. Uh, Danny Jansen caught Sean Reed Foley in his big league debut. And uh, Foley looked okay. Yeah. Is that unfair to say? <laughs> I think you can see what people like about him and why you know he's been able to be successful. You see, you saw that the fastball was good, uh, the command was spotty. I thought, um, and mm-hmm. I think he got away with a couple things in that ballpark in Kansas City. He might not have gotten away with elsewhere. Uh, but for a guy being thrown into, it's just being thrown into the big leagues like that, and it, it's to me, it's a uh, a remarkable thing that he's made it, you know, back into his pro- into having prospect cachet uh, again because he had such a terrible year. I think his ERA was over five last year. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was the first taste of Double A. Uh, had had been pretty good going, uh, you know, up the ladder and then du- hit Double A and just couldn't, uh, you know, just didn't look like the same guy. And I, I don't know what he's done necessarily mechanically uh, if he's you know ironed out some things or what what he did, but uh, to to get himself in the position to get back on the radar. But he was a top one hundred prospect heading into. Uh, the 2017 season, and then completely fell off the bat. Didn't look like he was going to be uh, necessarily that guy. Just, just I think, you know, hit him quite hard. And then for him to come back and have a nice uh, start to the year in AA, look like he really figured it out, go up to AAA and have uh, uh, some, some, success, some success there. Um, you know, I, I think that's just a, that, that alone, you know, pitching in the big leagues for him this year is, uh, is a pretty big thing. And, and you know... Uh, the command's just got to come a little more of it, and the more that it does, the better he's going to be. I think it's uh, uh, there's some, there's he's got some good stuff, but um, but you know I, I wasn't super you know blown away by that first performance. But he was a bit nervous too, I think. And there, there uh, you know you don't want to put too much into one performance, and there's obviously a reason that he's here and a reason that he had success in, in uh, AAA this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see him get a bunch of starts the, the rest of the way, and I hope he does. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the the, the nerves. That he, I guess he had a he had a great quote where he was talking about how he could barely feel his legs. There was like no feeling in any yeah, in his body, yeah. <laughs> something to that effect. I couldn't really feel my body. I was so nervous. He said uh, it felt like my my legs weren't really working, and that's why a lot of my misses were out of the zone, um, which is uh, believable. Again, we we tend to treat these guys like robots and and assume that they aren't affected by stuff like that but uh obviously they were i mean he's got his parents watching and, and they don't necessarily come to all the games uh, i mean parents, yeah. especially it, it's but, uh, it, it's a pretty big of all the of all the things you know once you get into the big leagues you know pitching in the playoffs to it you know there, there are benchmarks beyond that but i mean the, the pitching in the big leagues in your debut is obviously uh i would think the one right like that's the thing for the vast majority mm-hmm. of these guys Especially as a starter, because um, that way you know. I mean, if you are a reliever, you never know what kind of situation you're going to get thrown into. You don't know if you're going to get into the game for sure or not. Um, the starter, it's 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 all there. You have all day to think about it, build up to it, and and then be ready to, um, you know, you know what's happening. I feel like maybe if you are a reliever and it's like, oh, up, get up, we need you. You're gonna, we're gonna need you in three batters or whenever it is, and then you just kind of it all happens all at yeah, once, but. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I agree that you you can see what people would like. I mean, the he throws hard. Um, the intensity I think was something that that surprised a lot of people. 
He looks like a bit of a maniac out there. <laughs> am I? Am I? Am I wrong? Am I telling tales out of school? No, I, know, <laughs> I don't. Like think the, I don't think you are. I know. Yeah. I mean, he's maybe well, no Ken Bus- Giles, but. Uh... Who among? <laughs> Let's. Uh, I think Buster only mentioned something about his temperament may may make him a more a better reliever, which is kind of a stupid thing to say if we're all yeah. all, all things being equal. Um, but that's that's part of. Professionalism. Well, professional, to, professional narrative uh, creation. No, no, no. Learning to manage that stuff, and yeah, you're going to beat yourself up uh, if you miss pitches, and you're going to want to bring that intensity into the game. But um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. They all they all say the same shit all the time, and they have been saying it for years and years that you know the rah rah, scream and shout. I mean, it kind of it, it could kind of wear itself thin, or also conversely. You can be like a a guy like Max Scherzer, who's a completely out of his mind, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. ranting and raving and stomping around the mound, and he's like the best pitcher in the National League right now, yeah, because Clayton Kershaw died before our eyes. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But, but uh, the, the weird thing about that, though, is you know if there's still a maturation process to go, uh, you know, going forward for. Reed Foley, it's a little strange because obviously the Blue Jays are committed to waiting until prospects are 100% perfect and ready uh, before they mm-hmm. call them up. They're very determined to make sure that their prospects don't get called up too early. You you would think he <laughs> he probably could have used more seasoning time at AAA. Time to spend with professionals, time to learn about his professionals, learn to be a good teammate, learn not to show up your infielders and, and show up the other team by taking a bite out of the ball or, or, or <laughs> screaming bloody murder to the heavens when, uh, you know, a 18 bouncer gets through up the middle. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the next thing. Uh, so there are two of the teens. They're not really teens, even though Sean Reed Foley is, is but 22 and Danny Jansen is but 23. Um, there's another teen who's still around. He's, in, he's still in triple a though. Yeah. Yeah, and he's going to be there that, for a that while. That ain't going to change, is it? No, hmm? it's, I, I don't think so. No, I don't think it's going to change. Um, Everybody who people who are closer to the team, they none, no one in any. I don't think anybody should harbor any false illusions that it's going to happen this year. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, that's the sense you get off that. I mean, if you've come this far, you might as well see it through, right? I mean, they've already held off through the most absurd. Uh, Section of, except maybe not. I mean, maybe when they don't bring him north with the team <laughs> next spring, uh, that will also seem equally absurd. Uh, I'm sure it will. When he doesn't come up as a you know as a September call up, that's going to be weird. But you know, forty man spots, and he doesn't need one yet. So they you know they they didn't want to lose an asset to add someone to the forty man, except when <laughs> except when they do have to do that. I mean, I mean, Reed fully got added to the forty man, but he is a guy who would need to be protected from the Rule Five this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's somebody in a position like Guerrero's where uh, where there was no need to add him to the 40-man and he got added and brought up in September, that would maybe uh, strike a blow against the uh, <laughs> the idea that the Jays are, are operating in good faith when they say that uh, that this is a, there's a grand plan for him to become a more complete player and teammate and that he's... You know, he's just not quite ready yet in all aspects of his game. But, I mean, we all know that that's a farce, or most of us know that that's a farce. Some people will argue against, uh, will argue with you on those sorts of points, as I found this week. 
<laughs> but for the most part, yeah, he he ain't coming. They don't fear a grievance. They fear they feel that you know if they say the things the right way that uh, they can drag this across the fucking finish line and get that extra year of control of them, and that's what they're gonna do. Flags fly forever, right? Flat like the flag we we deprived uh, our fan base of the our top prospect in twenty five years, and we also <laughs> um, kept a kept a young man from making a few extra dollars, uh, which is you know big day all around. Well, I mean everyone's uh, everyone's going to forget it pretty quickly. I mean you know Acuna's you know, no nobody's talking about the service time thing now. Really, Braves fans are thrilled that he's there. Uh, he, I'm sure, is very happy to be there, except when he's getting thrown at uh, by fucking idiots. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'll go away pretty quickly. But and so this is, yeah, this is the time where where we're just watching those flags being flown that uh, <laughs> that asset management flag. Though also, as I wrote this week, you know, it's a it is merely the Blue Jays as neutral actors exploiting the, the system that was created by the league and by and and you know and, and relented to accepted by the players association to just piss away the rights of anybody who isn't you know already in the union uh even though they're going to be you know Guerrero looks like he's going to be a very very well paid member of that union very very soon uh but apparently it's okay to piss his rights away and, and to prevent them from being a mechanism that could stop teams from doing this a little bit better. There is apparently some language, I think Cheryl Ring at, at Fangraphs wrote about uh, during the Acuna stuff uh, earlier this year about how uh, I believe the, the teams are not allowed to to hold players down for financial reasons. I mean, it basically says, I think, pecuniary is the word that they use, but uh, <laughs> the, the fucking lawyers, obviously. But the... the uh, it it is worded and it is you know I think that's basically all it is, that it's said about it, so it's kind of difficult to prove that you know a team is uh, is doing that when they can quite reasonably you know make excuses like oh we think he needed to work on his defense we think he needed this or that and it's hard to disprove them even though you know it's plain before our eyes and the, the, to underscore how difficult it is I think the Chris Bryant grievance which they did get filed against the Cubs in 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. as of a year ago, was still pending, and I don't think that there's been any news of that since. So these can be uh, really drawn-out processes. And, you know, I think the Jays uh, probably rightly believe that, that if if it should come to that, they will uh, they will prevail, and that there's, you know, they are simply acting within the limits of the system that is that is that they're playing in. Which uh, I really love. I, 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 it is bullshit, and, and I understand that you are just providing valuable context. Oh yeah. Um, uh, as opposed to uh, the people who I see now are those who are cheering for the Blue Jays to hold them down as long as they can. Uh, to which I say, why? Yeah. Why? Why wait? Uh, why rush next year? That's the like. Let's like, let's be real. The chances of the Blue Jays contending in 2019 aren't great. If you let them suck again in 2019, get a higher draft picks, get even more money off the books. 2020 comes around, you have yourself, you could build yourself a real contender. And then, then and only then, 
do you bring Vlad Guerrero Jr. out? That's my it's pretty that's good my plan. plan. Pretty good plan. That's my savvy business uh, MBA style because that's those are the kind of clowns that are just deciding to wander in and and, and advocate for this now. Like, oh no, you got to keep him down. Yeah, it's it's the smart. It's what smart. It's what smart clubs do. Yeah. Um, which uh, that's great. I don't give a shit. It's not going to make a difference. You're either going to resign him or you're not. And an extra pass through arbitration isn't going to be a differentiator. Speaking of an extra pass pass through through arbitration, a player who earned an extra pass through arbitration, which then earned him a pass out of Oakland, is Josh Donaldson, who is a free agent to be uh, very soon at the end of uh, the season. He's also injured and hasn't played in what seems like many, many years. Uh, but now, by the magic of social media, uh, by way of Josh Johnson's Instagram account, we see that, lo and behold, he's running. Running the bases at almost three-quarter speed. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Looking like, looking like uh, Solarte going down the line there. Hey! <laughs> uh, uh, Solarte, by the way, way less popular than I would have thought. I think he's great. I think I'm on an island a little bit with that. He, I mean, he had a real nice April. And I think the people sort of, you know, looked at the numbers fucking nosediving since then and are not happy with it. But then it is very easy for cranks to sit there and and have little more to do in the dog days of August than to point out when somebody maybe doesn't quite run 100% on a ball that's an automatic out anyway, so... So that that gets into the consciousness, I think, sometimes too. Not that that, not that anybody needs anyone to point that out to them. I think either. I think people come to those kinds of conclusions themselves, and do not uh, ascribe to the theory that as as I do, and as perhaps you do. I, I'm try. I am. I'll fully admit I'm very easy on the players and this kind of stuff. But like, I don't know if he if he's if he's making errors if he, if he's if his judgment is poor and he keeps. You know, losing bases or losing, you know, losing possible outs because he's not running hard enough. That's a problem. But if he's like, okay, I'm not gonna fucking sprint like it's like I'm running for my fucking life every time I hit a ball straight to the <laughs> shortstop. I, I, it doesn't really bug me that much, frankly. I don't know that it should. I think it's these, a long, are, yeah. It's a long season. Yeah, these are guys who are watching their bodies, and may, you know maybe that's being too kind and too generous and making an excuse. But you know, these are things you have to think about. Look at fucking Josh Donaldson with a little calf thing, supposedly that has kept him out for near four or five years, whatever it's been. <laughs> Those many years ago when he yeah. was a competitive uh, player for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, but yeah, I mean. They're, they're running out of August, that's for sure. Yeah, a little bit. If they, I mean, I don't think that they're... Uh, maybe, well, look, the team would love if he could come back and play and show everyone that he's still good and healthy, and then they could trade him before the end of the month. That would make the team very happy. Very, very, very happy. Um, more happy than having to offer him a qualifying offer or just letting him walk away for literally nothing if they don't do that. Um, but they can't force him to come back unless he's ready. And his little 
proof of life video because he's just been gone. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't much. even been around. At least Tulowitzki showed up once and was like, hey, what's up? Remember me? Super intense. Hall of Fame career track. Just sort of cut shut her down at 30. Um, Donaldson, uh, no one has known where he was. No, I, so now there well, I, were, I think was, somebody knew where he was, but no, he was not very visible. No, he wasn't visible, and there wasn't a lot written or, or talked about him. Wasn't there some controversy? I don't know. There's always there seems like well, he has embraced not con- well what we consider controversy. To him, it's normal to want to make America great again. <laughs> yeah, um, there's, but, there's a couple of favorites in there. Yeah. Well, the number one, number one, a he favorited that jo- Trevor Bauer broke his leg, and he favorited that, which made everybody laugh. Loved that on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not, if you are one of the blissful few, God, I'm so jealous that you are not extremely <laughs> online, um, yeah. and you're not on Twitter uh, regularly. So Twitter has a feature now where, uh, as luck would have it, even if you don't follow someone, you can see their tweets. Way out of order in a, in a totally non-synchronous timeline because someone you do follow, someone who, whose judgment you do want to, you, whose thoughts you do want to share, if they happen to like it, hit like a little heart button, it shows up in your timeline. So Josh Donaldson's been liking some tweets. Generally, he likes, pick, he likes things that uh, feature Josh Donaldson or someone wearing apparel that says Josh Donaldson on it. But then suddenly, he starts liking stuff about you know, one of those kind of alt-right goon types. Very, uh, well, anyway. Well, I don't, I mean. And he likes golf shit, but he yeah. also likes this, like, random stuff about, well, if they don't, if they think they're poor now, wait until they get socialism that they're after. And well, I'm not even like the sentiment, but it's like the messenger is like one of those true despot scumbags, like just the worst <laughs> people. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I mean, alt-right is, you know. And that's a that's a label that that we don't need to fucking discuss too. I, I don't think I don't think his likes tend Nazi ish too much. They're just regular old dumb fuck conservative bullshit, right? No, not Don. I wouldn't say that that Donaldson. Is, I'm not suggesting that he is an alt right individual. It's right. This, uh, what's this? The guy's name? Stephen Miller. That red steez. Oh, he's a Fox yeah. News type. Yeah, I he's a new. Blogs, you know what's it called? The New Republic. Like a bunch of that bullshit. Uh, he's one of national no national review sorry not new republic national yeah new review. republic is a good one I think yeah uh yes he's not this is not a good one Stephen yeah. Miller or whatever that I just said that guy's name yeah Stephen yeah, Miller Red not a good one he's in and there is uh and there's Donaldson all in those tweets loving loving that life um the, the the millionaire voting for the millionaire party that's but Josh Johnson comes from a more humble place. I that one, was, that's the that's the origin story a, that yeah. we're fed. One hopes he has some sort of a moral compass, but it uh, the the tears of libs do not seem to move it very much. Well, I guess once you get those that, those commas in your bank account, then the brainworms just come flying out of the I space know. and just I know. zap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're making a lot of just a few likes on Twitter. I mean, Jesus, if you looked at the fucking shit I like. They would be, you know, ready to. Well, I know the shit that, you like. It shows up yeah, in my sure. fucking timeline all the god every goddamn day. Look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get uh, my guillotine company uh, off the ground. Here. <laughs> I'm looking at my likes now just to see what people get to see. Oh yeah, look at all that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
the Josh Donaldson, it's 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 the worst case scenario. Yep. <laughs> well, actually, well, the second, yeah. the only thing that the only worst case scenario than this was the here's the five year, one hundred and thirty million dollar contract that you wanted so badly, Josh. Yeah, yeah, maybe that maybe that would have been a poor choice. Not that anyone, would have, if, not that anyone would have said to sign him a billion times on podcasts or written it. <laughs> well, I think that is the hundred and thirty-five million dollar question. So even like he's still a really, he's still a really, really, really good player, and he has been that. But the injuries for this injuries to come in this like an onslaught like this because he was a really Josh Johnson was a very um, uh, healthy. Durable you know, kind player. Of Iron yeah. Man, durable player. But that's the thing with health, that you're durable and healthy right up until the minute that you're not. Mm-hmm. And and then now, and then you're older, and, and the injuries take longer to recover from, as we've seen with Josh Donaldson, as we see with a player like Troy Tulowitzki in particular. Um, and and so suddenly, it starts. you start to do the bargaining. Like, well, 120 games of Donaldson's better than 155 of someone who's bullshit. Um but maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, I mean, if they did say they had signed him to a five-year deal, and now we're looking at four more years or five, I guess it would be five after this. Um, you know, you have to believe that when he, if he's able to get himself come back and be healthy and, and be ready to go for spring training, he's still going to be a, a great player. He's still going to be a, a strong, valuable contributor to whichever team he plays for, if it is our after signing our fictional contract. Or if it's whoever he signs with, the Red Sox or Boston. Uh, <laughs> Either one. I, it could be any of them. It could be any of those. But uh, but I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's a shame. Because, see, now we're, we're at the point that, A, he's not playing. B, he's, been, uh, he's barely played all year. C, he likes bad things on Twitter. So now I'm, like, tearing him down. This is a guy that we spent so much time in this podcast being like, we don't appreciate him enough. We don't talk about Josh Donaldson enough. And now we're like, eh, look at him. He's kind of a shithead. Fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I like, just just because nuts, he hasn't been able yeah. to do his job. <laughs> well, that's what we're saying. I'm not. I mean, we're not saying it, but we're not not saying it. <laughs> and well, and the shitty thing, you know, of many shitty things, the the shittiest thing for me is the fact that we are now talking about it. Like, okay, he's just got to show that he's healthy, that he can like stand at the plate and run the bases. And what we know that means is that, you know, no team is going to pay any sort of exorbitant price for, you know, just knowing that he's able to stand there. Like, if he'd had a, an opportunity to have, like, a run of, of you know, have a nice week where he hits some fucking balls out of the ballpark and made you, remi- you know, reminded you of what a great player he is, uh, he's just running out of time to, to even be able to do that, right? I mean, uh, he'll be able to go through trade waivers once he begins a rehab assignment. Uh, we're recording this. It's just after midnight. Uh, or it's, it's it's getting it's getting late, but it's uh, it's the seventeenth now. Friday is the seventeenth of, of August, so there's a little bit of time left. But you know, I mean, it, it's it's hard to expect too much, which is a shame, just because of what an incredible asset uh, he could have been, even in even if they were just giving away two months of him or trading away two months of him, as opposed to you know you start looking. Back, back, back uh, at the calendar. What uh, what they could have got for him at various points. He's he's had 159 plate appearances this year, and none of them have been 
particularly strong. Like he, uh, his numbers are way, way down. So, I mean, if I'm a contender that wants to bring in a player to help me win the World Series, and then I'm going to be expected to give something up that I value to obtain the services of this player, a, a guy, and, and, and I'm thinking about the way that he earlier this year came back and then was down again. Like uh-huh. I, to me, it's too late. Like even if he plays two games this weekend, is like I'm good. I'll, and I'm back on Monday. I can't. I can't go to my ownership and be like, "We're gonna," unless unless I'm unless you're giving up nothing. Yeah. And or or next to nothing. So if you're the Blue Jays, you're suddenly gonna you're looking at take getting something back in that that is not worthless, but but close. Because the risk. For me, the buying team, for the the trading team, is too great. I can't, I can't squander an asset and also potentially bring in a guy who doesn't do anything if I'm trying to win the World Series. I I can't know. I can't know if he'll be healthy. Healthy. I can't know if he'll be good. Yeah, you can't. I and you can't. Yeah, you can't pay for healthy, good Josh Donaldson when you have no idea of knowing that that's what you're getting. Yeah. So that's and so it's going to be an underwear, underwhelming return for him, uh, <laughs> and yet it seems to be you know speaking of as you did earlier the people who are you know closest to the team and are around there you know I I heard last week I think uh, Shai Davidi on with uh, with Jeff Blair and Stephen Brunt talking you know saying that uh, just the sense that I got from what he was saying was basically that you know they. They are ready to, to not have him back next year. They would rather not have even the opportunity to to have him accept a qualifying offer. Now, though, I don't want to put words in, in Shai's mouth, so you know, don't quote me on that. But that was the sense that I sort of got. And I don't know if it was necessarily that emphatic. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there is certainly reason to believe that they are okay with, you know, ready to move on and ready to not have... Him in that clubhouse, I think that's you know the thing that Blair, surprise, surprise, would be hammering on about, uh, and, and just and, and just move on from having such a big personality that sucks up so much air, that plays a position where they want Guerrero to play, that uh, you know is going to cost a great deal of money that they you know, uh, I mean they're not going to spend it on anyone else. I don't know what they're going to fucking spend all the money that's coming off the books next year on. Maybe a stadium that would be cool, but. Uh, but they're going to be a little short of that front. But you know, I uh, and it's weird and feels wrong. But it also is like, yeah, I guess, I guess, I get it. You know, the the that they wouldn't want him back. But that, I mean, that's not. I don't think that's the PR spin that they would put on it. That they don't want him back. But I think Shy's sense was that if they can trade him at all, uh, they're probably going to do it. Just to avoid the whole mess of the the uh, qualifying offer and the potential that uh, that he accepts it and having to factor it into the budget and having to think of all the scenarios because a qualifying offer you're technically signing a free agent right he becomes a free agent uh, and so it's basically bound by the same rules as signing a free agent which means you can't trade somebody until uh, the middle of June there's no sign and trades in uh, in qualifying offers mm-hmm. so. So yeah, I, it's it's it seems so weird that such an important vital piece, the most important piece probably of the the great Blue Jays teams of that brief little uh, rocket ship ride to the moon there, uh, would be <laughs> would be viewed that way as a guy that like ah, the team's not real sure of how much, how badly they do want him back. Uh, 
but I think that's where we are. Uh, I, it's hard to argue again the the log jam at third base and it just the just the ready to turn the know, page. All, all yeah. The, yeah, ready to turn the page and and, and you the blue the, the team and the fans should appreciate just truly how great and excellent he was and and put, putting in two um, even three of the best seasons that anyone wearing that jersey has ever produced. Yeah. Um, and that just sort of ended on this really little slightly sour note. Um, there's still chances. There's still a chance that a he can come back and, and hit some more home runs, or or do whatever, or or make a graceful exit through a trade. And nothing that happens between now and the end of the season is going to erase the fact that he won the MVP and then he was another you know seven and eight win player, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is a bit of a of a of a awkward end. Um, yeah, I have to. If you are a fan of Toronto sports. You have to hope that the other, well, like the real Kawhi Leonard situation doesn't work out like this baseball Kawhi Leonard situation <laughs> yeah. uh, is, is clearly working out. Yeah. But, and, and uh, you know, and it also, for me, it's a, it, not that we really need this, but it just, it, it underscores and, and makes you appreciate and think about how you need to appreciate guys like Jose Bautista who do get to stay here for 10 years and do get to, uh, to you know, he's still left on a bit of a sour note, but not not in nearly the same sort of way. I mean, the se- he didn't have a good mm-hmm. season, but uh, you know, was was still thought of fondly and wasn't you know wasn't hurt. And you know, we think about 2015 and thinking, oh my God, the, you know, Edwin's here, Jose Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki, and and just uh, you know, only one of those guys really ended up uh, you know having their career uh, or, or having their Blue Jays career be. You know, such a. I mean, I think Edwin eventually will will get more recognition, but it was still pretty brief that he was here too. I mean, you don't, you just, you don't get guys like Bautista, uh, who are that good for that long that you get to appreciate like that. And, and Donaldson, it seemed for a while there that this could be uh, a thing that that would be a really long term uh, love affair between him and the city and playing for. You know, hoping we could get him resigned and be a, you know a great Blue Jay for years and years and years. Uh, and that's hard to do. It's hard to find guys like that, and, and uh, uh, you have to appreciate them when you can. Well, when they Jay signed him to a minor league deal in <laughs> uh, in March, we will uh, all will be forgotten. All the all water under the bridge at that point. Uh, no, you made a good point, and and the Jose Bautista farewell kind of vic- little mini victory lap, and then the 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 ovation he was given again this year. Um, was is is to me? I, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I remain pleasantly surprised because he did play so poorly in his uh, final season in Toronto. But but by the end of the year, everyone had forgotten. He wasn't keeping the team from doing anything. He wasn't standing really in anybody's way. And uh, and then they 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 got to have a couple of nice moments uh, the, between you know the the city and the fans and him. Um, he definitely still seems like he has you know. About he's done speaking of yes, uh, still seems to he seems to um, care for the city and seems to take it seriously. And also, uh, he's real bad now too. Um, <laughs> he's been they, someone showed basically you can take it his before today he had a crazy day today because the Mets scored twenty four runs against the Phillies, but uh, but Bautista has like a hundred twenty five like really really good plate appearances with the Mets and then immediately after hundred twenty five <laughs> oh, no. terrible like five ninety OPS terrible plate appearances 
Uh, so you never know. You never know what's going to happen next year. Mets probably should have traded them if they had the chance before the last deadline, the last trade deadline. But we'll see. asking the Mets to do something smart is a big ask. They'll never do it. They, well, they they do things that are smart, but smart for the Mets, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Front office, which is trying to uh, save money, literally all the time. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I was gonna. We were gonna talk a little bit about like. You and I maybe owning up to missing out on because uh, I know that I was ready to trade Kent, ready to release Kendry's Morales, uh, Viking funeral style, <laughs> to shove him out to sea. Yeah, and uh, he's he's come around and, and looked, uh, you know, played well. Yeah, you know, I mean, well. it's, it's it's gotten a little bit, you know, it's come back to earth a touch, I think, lately. But yeah, I was, you know, I was the big defender of him all winter and, uh, and I definitely got to the Viking funeral point as well. I mean, it was looking real <laughs> fucking grim. But I was going to own up to that one, and then you were going to own up to uh, <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez. You were going to admit that he's good. Yeah, he's uh, smart. Even though he's, yeah. he, he, is, he is almost exactly as advertised. And just like, not unlike Randall Gritchick. Randall Gritchick, uh, after his rough start. Well, the reason I wanted to talk about Gritchick, or we don't even really have to talk about it, I wanted to... Reference uh, Eno's story. Yeah, uh, yeah on the Athletic, he wrote. He I guess got caught up with Gritchick when the Blue Jays were in Oakland, and I wrote a nice story about the changes that Gritchick made, standing up straighter and um, just a lot of physical stuff, and taking the opportunity that getting hurt allowed him to fix his swing. So it's a good story, and if you are an Athletic sub- subscriber, I recommend you go check it out. Uh, the Athletic is where you can find Stoke. Indeed. And subscribers are what we like to get as well. So if you wanted to go over to iTunes, you can search for Birds All Day, and that's where we are. You can give it, a, you can like it or subscribe it. No, that's what they see on YouTube. You can, uh, yeah, just rate and review. Like, I believe is the uh, rate and review. That's what we say in this rate and review, and yeah. also subscribe <laughs> if you if you're an iTunes podcast app user. It's all there. You can go to uh, Stitcher. As well, we're on uh, Stitcher and on um, SoundCloud.com slash Birds All Day. And of course, Birds All Day, we are a Patreon-supported podcast. Uh, the listeners keep us going. That's you, the people out there in uh, that are listening to this wherever it is on a Friday. Uh, so if you go to Patreon.com slash Birds All Day, you can uh, sign up, kick us a couple bucks a month, keep us uh, going and living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. And we've got some uh, some barriers, some thresholds. So maybe if we, as we uh, creep closer to one of those, Maybe some new stuff. We played around a little bit with Twitch last week. Um, again, as we've always said, we've got some fun ideas of things we want to try out. So, uh, so don't be afraid. Support the stuff that you value. Uh, visit our visit our Patreon. Uh, you know, everyone's asking for your money these days, but uh, but we really want it as well. So, uh, <laughs> fair. So yeah, that's about it. Uh, and then, uh, and of course, uh, you can read Stoughton at the Athletic, as I as I mentioned. Uh, there's a big, there's a thing. Are you going to this thing? There's a, a, a Athletic sub, a subscribers event. I believe I'm going. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do whatever the fuck they ask me to do. But they haven't asked me anything yet. But I don't, see, I don't see why I wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, there's a tour which is uh, across Canada, which um, I might try to sneak onto the Ottawa one. I mean, I think I'll, I, I think my I have an open invitation to the one in Toronto, but. I don't think you'll be seeing me out west or anything like that. That'd be all right. I guess it is. Well, I guess it's a hockey. I mean, it's kind of culminating at the beginning of the hockey yeah, season. But there'll yeah. be all all the other sports people will probably be there. I might even go down. Wow! I'm an athletic subscriber, so maybe I'll go. I'm going to a show that night though, so so I will only be there ever so briefly. 
Ah. And then I will go to see Iron Sheik at the uh, at the horseshoe, the mighty horseshoe. Very nice, very nice. I will be very excited to see that. I will be singing like a child. I have a, I am an ardent, well, I, I'm a big believer in singing, um, car singing in particular. I'm a okay. big fan of. So, <laughs> so that yeah. that record is a, is a car screaming banger. Where else are you going to sing? I don't know. Where else? Where other people sing? You sing in a real way, like a loud way? No, there's no nowhere else to sing. I love watching other people sing in their cars, and I judge them for what they're probably listening to. But uh, yeah, singing is good fun. Sure, yeah. it's the most fun you can have. Yeah, that's it. You got anything else? I don't know if it's the most fun you can have with your clothes on. That's what they. That's what people oh, say when they wow. when they are saying something is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another thing, another fun thing. I was, as I mentioned, I went to the Blue Jays game on uh, on Saturday. So that was when they brought out all the old guys. Yeah. And uh, I feel like uh, ceremonies like that in the stadium, they don't have the same kind of impact as, as even as when you're watching on TV. Uh, especially if you're only paying half attention because you're there with all your old, one of your oldest friends and also your daughter. Right. So you're kind of trying to be in two different places at once and. But then the, yeah. with, with the, the one thing we did was kind of like handicap who was going to get brought out when, like in which order. And I correctly guessed Carter and then Alomar. And that's how it was. It was good. Well done. Well done. Tony yeah, fucking I, Fernandez was there. It was awesome. Uh, that's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, who, did, he, did he have a health scare uh, did a he? while back? I think he, I think may he have. did. I think he did. So the, him being there is, uh, was nice to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool ceremony. I, it, it, yeah, it is. I, I, you know, it's like the bad old days watching a half-filled stadium cheer for Flashback Friday stuff. I mean, obviously, it was a little more uh, dignified than that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, and if you don't know, you're going to have a full house. If it's not Canada Day or Opening Day, I guess maybe we're back to that fucking uh, pattern. Uh, but yeah, the bigger yeah, the ceremony. It, I, you're right. I mean, it, it, it does come off on TV, but uh, in the actual ballpark, when the, it's just a smattering applause from a fucking half-filled stadium, is a little bit weird. You could gauge it. I mean, so Bob, you, you could guess who was going to get more applause or a bigger pop than, than sure. whoever else. But well, these, uh, these guys, they, they deserve a full fucking house. Giving them, yeah, uh, that's true. Giving them a that's real true. fucking uh, a real fucking tribute. You know that that's. Uh, uh, that is still <laughs> as as far as I understand, the Jays haven't won the World Series since then. No, I don't believe that they have. <laughs> uh, it was odd to me. So I am not a person who arrives early for anything. But that game, Saturday's game, there was a four o'clock start, which is just the best, the best thing that it could ever be. Yeah, is a four o'clock start on the weekend. Um, but the other thing was that they were giving away a bobblehead. So I was. I'm. Uh, I would never go out of my way to acquire something like that. I'm just not something that motivates me to get there early and line up. Um, so I thought, okay, well, we'll get here at whatever time, and then we'll wait in the lineup, and then we'll go into the stadium. And if if they have bobbleheads left, then we'll get one. That'll be great. And if they don't, they won't. So I showed up. The game was at four. It was maybe three thirty or so, and maybe or maybe a little bit before. And there was like nobody lined up. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Maybe we will get a bobblehead. No, we, the, the lineup was gone because pe- all the bobblehead people had showed up early and were already in. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of came in this wave right after them. But then it meant that I was at the ball game like half an hour early, which is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> what am I doing? Sitting in the sun baking for nothing. There's no BP. 
There's no toy in my hand. This was terrible. Why show up early for anything? That's I, my lesson learned. I'm, I'm, I'm be late. I'm going to be late to work tomorrow on principle alone. <laughs> I'm with you on that. As, as everybody knows, old reliable here will uh, will back you on that. Yeah, no, that sucks. Though that is the one time that uh, you know they'll make the announcement to not touch balls in play, which they could perhaps do uh, more frequently. You're right. Someone, in fact, did touch a ball in play in my section. Foolish, foolish, foolish. Uh, that's it. I think we will uh, shut it down now. Uh, so we'll be back. We'll have a couple more here in August. So there are there is another trade deadline looming. Um, the report was that Curtis Granderson has made it through made it through uh, trade waivers. Uh, I'm sure that many of the other, uh, well, like I said, maybe they don't put them through yet. It's, it's not as automatic. I think there's more to this process than than most of us know. Like when the when the team finally slips them out, and then everyone has to make their kind of decisions. But Granderson's through. Trade feels relatively likely. He had a grand slam the other day. The Yankees, in particular, have a real need for an outfielder. So maybe we'll see if um, the Jays can get something done with a guy like Granderson. If so, you'll hear from us talking about it again uh, next week. So for Andrew Stout, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you then next week on Birds All Day.